to Awakening Reformation, where Reformation awakens now. My name is Grant, and joined with me is my beautiful wife, Erica, the weaker vessel. Hello, everyone. Also joined with us on this episode is our good friend, Sandra Rollett. Hey, y'all. She's becoming more of a regular. I mean, pretty much. It's right? because I rope her into all my <laughs> crazy ideas. <laughs> it's so true. I just go with it. I'm just like, okay, let's let's do it. Whatever it is. I don't know what I'm agreeing to, but I've agreed to it. All right. So we are members of the Rebel Alliance Media Network. Go to rebelalliancemedia.com to find out more info. Subscribe to Rebel Alliance Media on iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher so you get all our new episodes as they release every week. We put out a podcast for families with our kids, which is on church history every Monday. This podcast comes out on Tuesdays. Nate Wright and Chris Poots put out the Rebel podcast on Wednesdays, engaging culture with a Christian worldview. Ben Emery is just closing up his first season for Redeeming History. That comes out on Thursdays. And then on Fridays, we have a new podcast called the Podcast for Cultural Reformation coming from the Ezra Institute that Joe Boot has headed up. They interviewed Doug Wilson on the first couple of episodes, so go check it out. We want to let you know, too, that we have a Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash rebelalliance and would like to financially support us, you can do that there. We're super grateful for the people that have already contributed. We reached our two goals that we set on there way faster than we thought we were going to. Sandra Rowlett is a Patreon. Thank you, Sandra. No problem. You're the best. So I know. Because we met <laughs> because we <laughs> met those goals, Nate is working on the eschatology series. So on YouTube you can go watch our eschatology one oh one series and he's working on two oh one. So be on the lookout for that series coming out. So we have one more announcement, and that will lead us into the topic for our episode. So we have one last big announcement to make, which will end up being the topic for our episode tonight. So we are releasing on June 2nd a little project that we've been working on called Systematics for Saplings. And it is Basically, just a family devotional guide, similar to what we did during Advent season with Behold Your King, but it will be simplified and scaled back a little bit because we know that summers are crazy and families are just all over the place, but we wanted to um, make something, create something that would guide family worship and just try and help keep family worship on track. It started off, once again, as a baby between Sandra and I, something that we had wanted to do for our kids because we know without a schedule, without a plan, it's easy to just get derailed and lazy. So we thought, let's just come up with a little bit of a a guide for our summer reading. And, of course, because Sandra and I don't ever... Do anything small. Yeah. I mean, we're just like, all right, well, let's do a systematic theology for kids. How hard can that be? (laughs) Right. Let's let's make it all summer long because it's short and easy. Yeah. Not Tw- twelve weeks? That's nothing. Well, we can do that. Sure thing. 
So the format of this one's kind of different too. It's daily, five days a week, and mm-hmm. it's not going to be as intensive as the uh, Advent series was. It's just like a reading and a devotional and then questions. Yeah. So you can make it as thorough as you want it to be, or you can just take it at face value face value, and get through it within like 10 minutes, five minutes maybe, depending on how quick you are and how smart your kids are. We really wanted it to be like, so you could do it with the whole family, whether, I mean, I have a 13-year-old all the way up to 13 years old, and then we have all the way down to two-year-old. So we we wanted it to be able to be for everybody, but not be super long. Like, you know, you can do it in the car ride or you can do it wherever you're at because summers are crazy and you're going here and there and there's vacations and soccer family coming in. Yeah. All those things. If you can squeeze five to 10 minutes of family time in your day, which I hope you are doing, then you can utilize this tool and hopefully it will help teach your kids some systematic theology. Yeah, so this is going to be 12 weeks. Each week we will release the the scripture and the devotions and the questions for the days of that week. And then what it covers is just essentially the basics of Christianity. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very uh, broad brush strokes, um, but we do get into some details of stuff. We don't um, We don't keep it super vague or mm-hmm. lofty. But it's going to be just the the basics. So 12 basic doctrines of Christian belief. And then each day of the week, we'll cover an aspect within that doctrine. That doctrine. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we, we tested a couple of days on our, on our kids uh, just tonight. And it worked pretty well. Yeah. Um, it's designed so that parents can make the conversation longer, uh, like Erica said, or, you know, kind of fill in the gaps or, you know, we, you know your kids... And so you'll be able to tailor your time with your kids doing this study. To um, maximize yeah. fruitfulness, yeah. What did we talk about with our kids tonight? We talked about... Incommunicable and communicable attributes of yeah. God. Yep. And hey, it worked. How... I, I asked Eddie later I, what they were, and he got it right. Yeah. So, so, I mean, they're getting it. And it didn't take long. It took maybe 12, 15 minutes to do both. Yeah. I think with them, so... I think so. So that's our... Big summer project that we are really excited to release for you guys. Please let us know how it's going. Take pictures while you're doing it and hashtag systematics for saplings. And just let us know how it's going. We would love to see how God is using it. Yeah. And so along with this during the summer, our podcast, Fathers of the Faith for Covenant Kids. That's the kid podcast that's on Rebel Alliance Media Network. Yeah. That weekly podcast that gets released on Mondays is going to cover the doctrinal topic of that week. So I'm going to sit the kids down and talk to them in broad brush strokes Mm -hmm. about that doctrine for the week and kind of prep them to get ready to go through it that week. Mm -hmm. So if you're following along with the podcast and you're doing the Systematics for Saplings Family Worship Guide, your kids are going to get a double dose of whatever doctrine is being taught that week. Yeah. So... We'll try to make sure that the podcast is a good complement to the study. Yep. That leads us into our topic for tonight, which is the why. Why we even wanted to do this. Why we think it's important to teach kids. Why are you so dumb as to think you can teach systematics to kids? Why? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So maybe you think we're crazy and we're going to try and convince you we're not. And we just hope you'll join our crazy. 
There you go. Right. That's right. Just get on the crazy train. It's fun. So we <laughs> hope to explain our motivation behind doing this and, and the importance of it. We're going to try and convince you that this is a good idea. So <laughs> as reformed parents, especially reformed Christians and parent being parents, it is important in your own personal walk and in how you parent your children that your theology is correct and your theology, I would hope, would inform how you discipline and disciple and parent your kids. Mm -hmm. That's assumed. If you are serious and you're listening to a Christian podcast, so I'm assuming you are, but if you are serious about raising a godly child and you are wanting them to grow in the fear and admonition of the Lord, then the idea of family worship or discipling your child should be attractive. I don't think that's a far stretch. But what is it about the type of content that we give to our kids that can either chase them away from the faith, maybe like the more moralistic type teaching mm -hmm. or the very watered down, um, honestly, just Sunday school type lessons that kids get from Veggie Tales. Or we can give our children robust, theological, sound, meaty doctrine and prepare them for adulthood. Prepare them for the questions that they're going to have as adults and for trials and temptations that are coming for them or they're even facing if their children are teenagers right. or preteens. Theology does matter. So it's important then that we teach them proper theology. So if you give your kids moralism... Just give them the the do's and don'ts of of the Bible. We've we've seen the tragedy of this for years. They don't live up to it. They feel defeated, and they don't. They're never given the the true uh, power of the gospel to overcome it, and so mm -hmm. they walk away. Well, this is a mess. I can't follow any of this. I'm just gonna go do whatever I want to do. I'm gonna go hang out with my friends and do what they're doing because this doesn't work. Yeah, either they walk away from the faith or they think that they can be a Christian and deny the basic tenets of the faith because they don't even understand. Right. Or yeah. become super legalistic. True. And they try and follow it. And then the little bit they can follow, they get super prideful in. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that we see a lot of the like not being taught correct theology and that moralistic view. And then mm -hmm. it's, well, I know the morals. I don't really understand like the depths of that theology or the purpose of it so as long as i'm just good i don't have to go to church every sunday i don't need to read my bible every day because i mean i'm, I'm being good i'm not killing anybody or anything so yeah. i've got it and i think we see a lot of that whereas if we really teach our children the theology behind it and why it's so important and why this matters and this connects to this and this connects to this. Now you're getting this broad view, this huge view of the Bible, what it really means and, and how much, you know, God has done for us. Then it gives them more of a, a deep love of Christ. Yeah. And I think kids are naturally curious too. So mm -hmm. if the Bible is a bunch of pieces that don't necessarily seem to fit together, Genesis through Revelation, and then you start connecting dots for them. I think their curious minds naturally are drawn to how it's put together and why it's put together the way it is and yeah. and you making sense of it for them and teaching them how all, you know, all of scripture is about Christ. I mean, right. that's exciting to most kids. 
Well, in systematic theology, which takes a certain doctrinal topic and then grabs verses or passages from the whole, you know, mm-hmm. the whole of Scripture and lines them up and shows, see, here, the Bible teaches this mm-hmm. doctrine. Kids love that. You, you, you're flipping everywhere and they go, oh, man, you know, like that, that's exciting to them mm-hmm. to see that. Uh, the Bible teaches this, and look, it's from the Old Testament, New Testament, Jesus, Paul. It's mm-hmm. all over the place, and um, and so systematic theology, the way that that's done, is even exciting for kids to just see how all over the Bible this is taught. This is a, and that's why it's a basic, um, tenet of Christianity. It's something mm-hmm. we see all over. Mm-hmm. I think when you hear something like systematic theology, you if you're not familiar with it or you're not, you know, yeah. educated in a seminary, it can be super intimidating mm-hmm. and you just feel woefully inadequate to even pick one up yourself and read it, let alone try and teach it to your child. Well, and they're huge. Systematic yeah. theology is well, yeah. usually a gigantic book and you're yeah. like, I don't read those. Well, yeah. do you recall, Erica, when we first met and, you know, we were get into our conversation stuff and we but we loved debating like i mean we played devil's advocate both of us and everything and you said hey let's talk about a theology topic and i was like a what what wait hold on a second <laughs> and you're like let's talk about something i'm like well i don't like, really know later. theology i didn't really i mean we could talk about the i mean but she's like well that's theology the bible is the theology. i'm like well i don't know where you're going with this, <laughs> if you just want to lead i'll try to jump on that bus and then it was like, well, what do you think about this? And just taking a concept. And I was like, well, this is what I believe. And da 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 da. And, you know, and, uh, we'd challenge each other or whatnot. And uh, she's like, well, that's just called this. And I'm like, well, then, yes, I believe that. Yes, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think that's what people don't realize, too, is that, like, you hear systematic theology. It's like, whoa. But it's like, wait, this belief is just this is what it's called. Yeah, it's a fancy. That's it. Some of them are fancy words for a concept that you already believe. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. And I, I think that even like with my 13 year old with Blaine, I mean, when he puts those pieces together and he sees like, oh, this is what it is and this is what that belief is. And then he's like, oh, and it has a name. Like, mm-hmm. he loves it. Mm-hmm. He thinks it's really, I mean, he really does think it's cool. And I mean, Grant's given him books to read and and stuff but i mean and then he likes to be able to go and just you know when mom and dad or like when all of us are together we're talking about one of those like he likes to feel like he can join in and he knows what you know what he's talking about and he knows what that's called mm-hmm. and systematics is not the end all there are well yeah other disciplines of learning theology there's biblical theology uh, is a real that's a real popular one but it is a great way especially for kids to, to teach them basic beliefs of the Bible. And if we believe that getting to know the character of God, getting to know Jesus, who is the Word, who, like we said, all of Scripture speaks about Him, all points towards Him and His work, learning about the doctrines taught in the whole thing is going to draw you closer to Him. Mm-hmm. And it's going to draw you closer to Jesus. And as you get to know God more, we're told that changes you. Well, we're called to love God with our minds. Yeah. And if we don't know who God is, then we can't love him with our minds. Mm -hmm. We become like what we worship. Mm -hmm. And so if we're learning more of God and worshiping him him with our minds in that way and loving him, then we are going to be changed. And throughout the day, as we're 
you know, living our life with our family, friends, and whatever, you know, especially for kids, those doctrines are going to come up in their mind mm-hmm. and they're going to remember, oh, I remember God is, you know, faithful or he never changes or he makes a covenant and never breaks it. Mm-hmm. And, and so that kid doesn't have to be scared or doesn't have to, you know, doubt or mm-hmm. something like that. It can, it then, then the theology grows legs and, and can be applied practically. Mm-hmm. And so that's why these kids need that foundation. Well, and if our hearts are transformed by reading God's word too, mm-hmm. then, right. yeah. then we certainly need to devote a fair amount of time to teaching our kids the word yeah. because if there is a prayer that every Christian mother prays, it's that God would grab a hold of their children's heart and change it. And how does that happen? It happens by you being a faithful mother or father and teaching them the faith. Yeah. How to read their Bible mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff is super important. And it's okay for like parents not to know all the answers for everything too. Yes. You know, I mean, we have tons of people that we've discipled along and just been like, all right, I know you don't know everything. I don't know everything either. But if there comes a time when we don't understand something, we're going to find a book that teaches us about it or we're going to listen to a podcast or a pastor or whatever. But let's learn about it. It's not okay to stay ignorant. Mm -hmm. Let's search it out. And God honors the heart that wants to seek after him, who wants to be conformed. Yeah. In the Beatitudes, Jesus said, blessed is the one who hungers and thirsts for righteousness, for they will be filled. Yeah. So if we haven't sold you already, (laughs) just wait. Yeah. So here is a huge lie that you may be believing, and it is that the world and what they teach and the ideas of the world are not affecting your kids. And it is a lie because when the world writes their songs, when the world writes their movies, we memorize them super fast and we memorize their songs super fast and they know the art of catechizing mm-hmm. and they're extremely good at it. I mean, there are people whose sole job in this world is to just create a catchy jingle. Exactly. And yeah, commercials, that's a huge example of of how good the world is at catechizing. I mean, and, I can still sing the Mary-Kate and Ashley uh, Barbie song for when that toy was released. They catechized me well. That's right. Do it. Do and it. most do it. of the American church has given up on catechism. They think that's that's rusty, old, stuffy practice of the church hundreds of years ago. We don't do that anymore. Ashley loves to dance ballet. She twirls and swirls all day. Now it's time for sleepover. <laughs> And if you don't... <laughs> that was wonderful. That was like 20 years ago, you guys. That's incredible. Oh, that was hilarious. If you're not catechizing your kids, know that the world is, and know that if you do catechize your kids, it's going to work. It's working when the world does it. It's going to work if you do it with the Word of God. Well, uh, the Word of God is living and active. Yeah. So imagine the power of you catechizing your child with God's word. That's even more powerful than a catchy jingle. Mm-hmm. It has the power to transform your child. Yeah, exactly. So that's my encouragement, though, to parents is that the world is going, you, you can't escape the world. We're in the world. We're here to transform the world. We're here to spread the good news of the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ to all nations. We're here to do that. Um, but when it comes to our children and raising the Raising them up in the padea of the Lord, the discipline, the instruction, the culture of the Lord, we have to be proactive. We have to be consistent. We need to be disciplined. What does this padea mean? So as you obey the command to raise up your children in 
the padea of the Lord. And what that means in Ephesians 6 verse 4 is the discipline. It's the correction. It's training. It's teaching. All those things mean padea. And it's it's the culture. It's you're training them to be a Christian, to be a God follower. Parents are given that responsibility. And this is one of the ways that we have largely given up mm-hmm. or we've given it to the church. Well, they'll get it on they'll get it on Sunday in Sunday school. And well, then we've during the very lazy. Right. Yeah, we have. Well, yeah, we outsource everything. We outsource their education. We outsource mm-hmm. their physical training, you know, whether they're in a sport or even a musical training, like if they're in piano. We outsource everything. So we outsource their theological so training. Yeah, so why not? If if the world is more capable of educating your child in mathematics and literature and mm-hmm. uh, grammar, then, yeah, why not outsource their biblical understanding, their biblical education as well? Yeah, and we wonder why when they grow up, they doubt the authority of the Bible yeah. and doubt God's existence in some cases. It's like Vody Bauckham says, you can't send your kids off to Caesar and be surprised when they come back as Romans. Exactly. Yeah. Man, that's such a good quote. Go yeah. Vody. Yeah, exactly. So honestly, doing doing this systematic for saplings thing with your kids and, and then just making that a habit for your life in general mm-hmm. is is a good way of obeying Ephesians 6, 4. And then obeying what Deuteronomy talked about when it commanded parents to teach kids this law that um, was given to the people of Israel, the people of God, and that when you wake up as you go throughout the day and when you lay down at night, mm-hmm. the kids are supposed to be hearing about all that God has done and all that he has commanded them to do. Mm-hmm. So indicative and imperative. We need to know who God is. We need to know who we are in Christ, what Christ has done. We need to know those indicatives. And then we need to know the imperatives. We need to know what to do as a redeemed people. Mm-hmm. I hope you're sold. We hope we're selling <laughs> on you. On doing this, yeah. I was going to say, even if it's not on on our Bible study, we just, we just hope you teach your children. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to make this easy, accessible, and a good way to get the habit started, just to get things going. Or if you do this already, obviously, we hope that this is a good little change of pace for the summer. Because mm-hmm. we don't do, you know, we've talked about this in uh, previous episodes with catechizing kids and then with how we do family worship. Mm-hmm. We we change it up quite often. So, yeah. Um, so, obviously, we, like the church calendar, kind of just go through phases and go through different times and seasons. Well, and during the busy seasons, like the Christmas season or the summer season, when everything just gets crazy full and busy, it's really good to make lists. And it's really good to have a plan, (laughs) at least for the type A personality like Sandra and I. Hopefully there's one in the the (laughs) marriage couple that does that well. Well, it's just so easy to fall off course. And then all of a sudden you're a month later and you're like, whoa, wait, Mm -hmm. what happened here? And that's why we kind of designed it to where there's one doctrine being taught a week. Mm -hmm. Because even if you miss a day or two, your kids are still going to get the basic doctrine taught to them at least once or twice. Yeah. You know, one of those days out of the week. Yeah. And again, we made it Monday to Friday, five days. So that way, if you miss a day. You can catch up. You can miss two days, actually, and you'd still be on track for every week. Or they can listen to your podcast, Fathers of the Faith, on one day and then be prepped for the next five days. True story. Yeah, I just thought I'd plug it again. There you go. (laughs) 
so to get back to what we were talking about and um, just our kids growing up, one of the reasons I feel like it's so important that we start at such a young age teaching them about these things is because we don't want them to grow up to be how they're talking about in in Hebrews. Let me just read it real quick. Um, He says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again. The basic principles of the oracles of God, you need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. Yeah, how many Christians, evangelical Christians, are still receiving milk? Yeah, and I just love here, too, how Paul, and I think we were talking about this not too long ago, about how he's just like, you need someone to teach you again. Mm-hmm. It's like, how many times have we told you this? When are you going to get it? When are you going to learn it? And we don't want that for our children. We don't want them to have to be taught the exact same things over again. And obviously there's things as Christians, like we just need to continually read scripture because we forget things. Yeah. But in the sense of like just the principles of who God is, and what he's done and where our belief comes from. We want them to grasp that and get that and hang on to it, you know, and just have that yearning for the scriptures and for God for their whole life. We don't want them to be these infants who forget and just go off and they go into college or they become adults and Mm -hmm. they just have forgot what they've been taught. We never expected them to eat meat. Yeah. We always just gave them milk and thought, they can't understand anything yeah, else. Yeah, so let's just keep yeah. it keep it uh keep it simple and pastors do this with entire churches. Mm-hmm. And they never yeah. move on and expect their people to get past milk. Mm-hmm. But if you and if you never expect them to, never do that, they never will. Well, and if well, the average congregant, adult congregant is getting milk from their pastor, what are they giving their kids? Water it's, down milk. Yeah, it's even can we even call that food but if that's what what the congregation's getting because the pastor's not maturing the average adult congregant and the kids are getting weird like milky water junk from their parents then it's no wonder these kids are growing up and when they get to college and their worldview is challenged they're walking away from their faith and christian parents oftentimes will discipline their children for not obeying god's law you know, if your kids are lying or stealing or whatever, mm-hmm. we'll discipline them and give them, you know, a precursor to the curses of the law. When we discipline our kids, when we spank them especially, we tell them disobedience brings pain. Yeah, and we're never teaching them the law. We need to teach them the law. We need them to learn the heart of God and the nature of God in the law and all his word, as David said I delight in the law of the Lord, Mm -hmm. but probably most parenting is just Jesus loves you. Jesus forgives you. Mm -hmm. Maybe a couple sprinkled things from the New Testament. I mean, that's very common. Well, I think even in like really, I mean, in I guess maybe the the top top 10% of Christian parents, you know, Um, I think they mean well, maybe they do teach their kids the Ten Commandments and stuff Mm -hmm. and they will enforce, you know, God's law in, in the sense of spanking them when they disobey is my point but like that's that's a precursor to the curses of the law like Mm -hmm. you're part of the covenant you're part of a god's family if you break covenant what is the curse the curse is pain eternal torment death hell um we spank our kids what we're telling them we're telling them if you sin against god Mm -hmm. this is what will happen right these are the painful consequences of sin in your life Mm -hmm. and so our kids grow up knowing full well what it looks like to break the covenant Mm mm-hmm 
but maybe they're not really understanding that they are part of the covenant. A lot Mm -hmm. of churches don't include kids in the worship service Mm -hmm. and family worship is not as common as it should be. And Mm -hmm. I know that's not every family. A lot of families are doing this really well and trying to make sure their kids understand they're part of the uh, church, you know, but they they have to, especially if they're going to rightly understand their discipline. Yeah. You got to understand both the blessings of the covenant and the curses of well, the covenant. And this is what, like, this type of family worship and discipleship is really intended to do. Right. Is to teach them, like, hey, you, you this is this is your promise. Like, if you obey God and you yeah. love him and you're part of his family, like, these are blessings for you. Mm-hmm. Like David said, you know, like, I delight in the law of the Lord. Why did David delight in the law of the Lord? Why should you? Who is God? Why should you love him? Why should you... Find joy in what he tells you to do because he has created you and he knows what's best for you. And when you follow his ways and his precepts, like you'll be blessed because he created things to work a certain way. And when you live life that way, it will go better for you than if you don't. Yeah. And God promises to parents a multitude of blessings to a thousand generations Mm -hmm. for those parents that hold fast to his truth and his law and teach them to their kids diligently yeah diligently eric you mentioned earlier that kids aren't going to understand it all right away Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean you don't teach them Mm -hmm. and that just means that you continually teach them in deuteronomy 6 it was a daily morning throughout the day and evening Mm -hmm. um, activity that you do with your kids or every time your child sins and you you once again uh demonstrate for them the curses of the covenant (laughs) like if you don't if you do not repent and turn away from your sin there's going to be a heck of a lot of pain coming your way right but if you remain steadfast have faith and obey then you have that fellowship and blessing and stuff and Mm -hmm. there's no better authority or foundation to tell your kid no than god Mm -hmm. and you know his character and what he's required of us than just the parents. Right. You know, he's he's bigger and greater to be sinned against than, than well, the Well, and as your kids get older, and we're starting to get into this stage now of, like, preteen type stuff. Our oldest is nine and a half. Mm-hmm. So we're, like, getting into the more theological discussions about why we don't listen to certain music. Right. Um, we just had a discussion in the car today. This is why we don't. What mm-hmm. is this teaching you? What is this? What theology is being preached to you? So. Yeah. But you got to start off with giving them something. And we don't stay at just the baby infant milk of God's word. Right. We're giving them something more and more and more every day so that they can be mature. Yeah. Dude, that's where even as parents, like we should be doing better than just getting mm-hmm. our milk from the pastor. Like we have to be doing our study and we have to be searching God's word for ourselves. So we're not giving our children this, you know, watered down milk that we get from the pastor. Not that all pastors do that, but for the ones that do, we need to we need to be growing in ourselves and challenging ourselves and then in return, challenging our children. And, and you know, I always tell my kids, like, I don't want you to do as, as good as me. I want you to do better than me. You know, this is where I am. I'm teaching you, but I want you, I want you to grow up. I want you to be smarter than I am about the Bible. I want you to do better. Search it out yourself as yeah. well. Yeah. And Peter talks about growing in grace. And then most of the prayers that you see Paul write down in his letters have to do with growing in spiritual understanding and wisdom and bearing more fruit and this sort of thing. And so 
whenever I think about just the Christian life, there's always that aspect of growing, maturing, knowing more, getting closer to God, becoming more like Jesus. Like this is the idea of the the Christian life with God in its totality is that of, you know, starting off small when you are first, you know, regenerated, saved and redeemed, and then more and more and more and more the whole rest of your life getting closer to God and becoming more like Jesus. And so it makes sense to bring your kids up that way, to always be challenging them and wanting to increase their their understanding of God and, and their knowledge of the word and all that sort of thing. I have one thing to say. What do you have to say, babe? I don't think you guys are ready for it. Mary Kate and Ashley are really cool. It would be so much fun to hang out with them. We can! They're twins, looking so cool. Mary Kate and Ashley gonna have fun now. Riding horses with Mary Kate. She hits the trail with style. Ashley loves to dance ballet. She turns and twirls all day. Now we're getting in our PJs for a sleepover. Cause it's party time! Did we hear sleepover? I won't make you suffer any longer. But I'm just saying, it's been 20 years and I still stink and remember that. That's incredible. Not as well as I thought I remembered it, <laughs> but I still remembered it. Catechize your kids, or Mary Kate and Ashley will. Just scary. That in enough should get you a run into your Bible. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, Frozen is catechizing my, my youngest right now. She just. I mean, that's another great example. Mm -hmm. Anybody who says the phrase... Okay, so the old person's example is Mary-Kate and Ashley. (laughs) The modern one is Frozen. Anyone who just says the phrase, let it go, and people can't help but sing. Right. They can't help but let it go. Belting it out. All right. So I'm done talking about Mary-Kate and Ashley, I promise. But... Before we go, real quick, we just want to let you guys know that some of the resources we used for our little family devotional is, um, it will be listed on... The post of the study guides for the week. Yes. It's like the Westminster Confession and Catechism, Burkhoff. There were some Ligonier articles. And that's just because their website is a... A very deep, deep well of the treasure trove yeah. of right. resources. So yeah, we'll we'll list a couple of those on the link for mm-hmm. the weekly guide, maybe. Yeah, just so you guys can have that alongside yeah. when you're doing the studies to help out. I mean, none of what we wrote is very original. All of it is basically a compilation of re- mm-hmm. you know stuff we found in other resources. So yeah, so. we're not that smart. Yeah, we are not that smart. We just like to read. Yes, we do. And tell our children what to do. All right. Well, look out for the Systematic for Saplings to come out. June 2nd. And don't forget to subscribe to Rebel Alliance Media in iTunes or your podcast app. So that way you get all the new content when it's released. Go be a Patreon, y'all. Yes, we would greatly appreciate it. Follow our social media, too, so you get announcements like when we release the study guide for the week and things like that. So And tag your friends in like the study yeah. guide too. Like spread it around, get, you know, other parents involved. It'd be super fun if you guys even did like a weekly play date at the park or something and yeah. got all the kids together and even just did it once a week with a bunch of families or whatever. Get creative with it, guys. Do it. Well that is it. Thank you guys for listening. Are we pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened by the power of the Spirit. And until next time, get woke. Yeah, let's start 
up with the microphone check One, two, first Water to the dry and weary soul of the true church The kind of things that few search They say that the truth hurts Well this pain is gain So let's explain the new birth First things first Can't neglect this at the start I must preface my remarks With the deadness of the heart From original sin The effects of the fall The sin of our first parents Brought death to us all Since Adam was our federal head What he did counted for us In him were all rebels and dead Yo, captured in the mind Disaster, sin and crimes In a dark state Alaska in the winter time Sour in our frames Left to ourselves We be devoured in the flames Cause we're powerless to change If you feel that way I pray that you respond happily As you see what Jesus had to say In John chapter 3 Verse 1 is my thesis, it's the deepest Truth that should get you speechless What scripture teaches will fill in the missing pieces Picture Jesus meeting up with Nicodemus Perhaps it was fright about the other Pharisees Wicked spite against Christ that turned this into naked night He called the rabbi and gave him props Said he was a teacher from God Jesus replied, made him stop Regarding the kingdom of God, no one's going in In fact, you can't even see it unless you're born again That must have consumed and stretched his mind Cause he said, can a man enter his mother's womb a second? Time? Naturalistically, the only way for him to hear it Jesus said you must be born of the water and the spirit No other way to enter heaven That sounds like Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27 In this new birth, the spirit is the source and the agent The water symbolizes spiritual purification yeah. Flesh can only produce flesh, that's true and factual Regenerating work of the spirit is supernatural It's kind of like the wind, which is free East to west can't receive the steps You can only see its effects In the same way the Holy Spirit chooses who he pleases to sovereignly open their eyes to the truth of Jesus. For the spirit's mysterious operation uh -huh. We will all be under serious condemnation I'd still be rejecting the sun If God hadn't said let there be light Like Genesis 1, yeah And just like the light could not refuse to shine Irresistible grace has renewed my mind Let's exalt the king who died and truly is risen The new birth is not the effect of human decision But the cause, it changes our natural habitation and situation, it's a radical transformation I was cursed and polluted So my dirt was inexcusable with new internal his person is beautiful, his worth is indisputable The lamb is amazing, a standing ovation for his work in the crucible So let us respond with true worship and love To the God who has given new birth from above <laughs>